post speed limit. Now, neighbors who live nearby told us that they, they say that's easy to do even without pushing your foot on the accelerator. As you're coming down Hawthorne, traveling south from the ocean, north toward downtown LA, you've got to ride your brakes. Um, and, and and if you don't, you start hitting high speeds, not even not even with your foot on the gas pedal. I mean, just, just the, the force of gravity and momentum as you're going downhill, you pick up speed. And these turns, uh, are such that you really need to pay attention to your speed and focus on what you're doing because you can you can, you can get going at a good clip and uh, if you miss a turn uh, nothing good is going to happen here again a closer look at that genesis suv complete with the genesis invitational logo on the side woods of course in town as the host of the genesis invitational that wrapped up this weekend neighbors telling us today after everything they've been seeing they're hoping for a full recovery they say they want to see Tiger play again. Reporting live in Rancho Palos Verdes and John Kennedy's Cleanback. Guys, I'll send it back to you. Yeah, I think we'd all like to see that, wouldn't we? Oh, Thank you, John. Right about that. NBC4's Gordon Togamato continues our team coverage right now. He's live at UCLA Harbor Medical Center, the Trauma One Center, where Tiger Woods is being treated. Gordon. Well, Colleen, L.A. County Fire Department says that a captain and paramedics at the scene made the decision to bring Tiger Woods here to Harbor UCLA Medical Center. Why? As you pointed out, because it has a level one trauma center. They said the decision made because of the nature of the collision and the extent of his injuries. Now, as we first reported here a few hours ago, Tiger suffered those serious injuries to his legs, although there are no details about how serious. He did speak with first responders, though. We're also being told he was awake when they arrived, which is definitely good news. If he were in worse condition, they told us, for instance, requiring oxygen or life support, they would have transported him to a closer hospital. Deputies at the scene say he was calm and lucid and identified himself as Tiger when asked what his name was. It was brought to my attention that he was conscious. Now, exactly what was said is unknown, but he was conscious. Um, there were no other life... Uh, a paramedic said they stabilized Tiger's spine with a backboard and some splinting for his legs as they carried him from his wrecked car to the ambulance. Now that is significant because he has suffered serious back injuries in the past which have required surgery. Now, earlier today, Tiger's longtime friend and agent issued a brief statement saying that he was undergoing surgery again today on his legs. Exactly how long that took or what it involves, still a question mark. You're currently waiting for any kind of an update from Harbor UCLA officials, but they have not said that any briefing is planned for this afternoon or possibly later tonight. Now, as we come back here live, you can see the dozens of members of the media who have gathered here on the hospital's front lawn. Worldwide attention now being played to this story about a beloved sports legend. Live at Harbor UCLA Medical Center, Gordon Togumatsu. NBC 4 News. Gordon, thank you. And of course, we're certainly hoping that there will be some update coming from the hospital at some point. Yes, we are. Mario Solis joins us now with more on why Tiger was actually in the area and how some of the other golfers are reacting to this. Mario. Yeah, Colleen, as you know, Tiger Woods was born and raised in Orange County, but has lived in Orlando, Florida for a while. He was in Los Angeles over the weekend for the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club, where he was the tournament host. Now, on Sunday, Tiger told TBS he was awaiting the results of an MRI following his fifth back surgery in December. Retired NBA star Dwayne Wade posted this video on Instagram showing him and Tiger at Rolling Hills Country Club yesterday, 
where Tiger was giving lessons to a number of celebrities for a golf TV segment and appeared to be in great spirits. A 15-time major champion, Tiger, last played in December alongside his 11-year-old son, Charlie, at the PNC Championship in Orlando. Here's reaction today from players on the PGA Tour. This is a different atmosphere in an event when Tiger's playing and when he's not playing. And he is that big. No matter, even if the best 20 players in the world are playing, if he's not there, you can tell the difference. Well, I have no doubt in my mind he'll be back. And it's taking a little longer, I'm sure. But uh, from my perspective, he's one of the most impressive human beings I've ever met. And I think that uh, he'll come back just fine. Something crazy happened in our sports world last year with, with Kobe. So, you know, I wouldn't say that dramatic of uh, feelings, but... Man, you just you, you just hope Tiger's all right, you know, and we all know he's a strong cookie physically, mentally, so if he's if someone's going to get through this, he will, and, and be back for the better, I'm sure. Interesting to note, when the accident happened this morning, Tiger was reportedly on his way to Rolling Hills Country Club, where he was supposed to go out on the course with Saints quarterback Drew Brees and Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. That is it for now. Let's go back to you guys in the studio. Right, Mario, and we heard from Mike Tirico this afternoon from NBC Sports, and I love what he said. He said, Tiger made golf cool. All right, Mario, thank you for that. Yeah, he, he most certainly did, Colleen, really revolutionized the sport as well. And as you'd expect, celebrities are sending their will wishes on social media today. Lindsey Vaughn, who used to date Woods, tweeted out this, praying for TW right now. Jada Pinkett Smith tweeted, prayers up for the GOAT, Tiger Woods, who was in an accident this morning, was just with him yesterday. Don't take not even a moment for granted. I know you're good because your Tiger Within is a beast. And Magic Johnson tweeting, everyone send your prayers out to Tiger Woods. He was just in a bad car accident. Let us all pray for his speedy recovery. Now we invite you to stay with NBC4 for continuing coverage of the accident, the crash you see here, and Tiger Woods' recovery. Download the NBCLA app for breaking news alerts sent directly to your phone. And we are following other news today as well. Coronavirus cases falling in California. When we could expect to see a sense of normality here. And new details in the Capitol riot investigation, the major breakdown in communication, and who top officials are blaming for this. Tuesday night's got a brand new catchphrase. <laughs> What's up, Keenan? It's cooking. Oh, wow. An additional $5 hero pay for the next 120 days. The county today is reporting another 157 deaths, pushing it beyond the 20,000 mark in total deaths. Orange County reporting 250 new cases, no additional deaths. Public health officials saying it is getting closer to moving to the less restrictive red tier. So far, no counties in Southern California, though, have moved back into that red tier. But as NBC4's Patrick Healy reports, L.A. County today took another big step toward eventually being able to move into the less restrictive tier. It's just in recent weeks that COVID worry Angelinos have been able to resume dining outdoors at restaurants. Only last week that all elementary schools were given the green light to resume in-classroom learning. But so rapidly is COVID spread now falling across the state that eight counties today moved into the red tier that permits indoor dining, permits in-classroom learning through high school. Governor Gavin Newsom. This is moving, stabilized, 
case rates, stabilized positivity rates. Alas, SoCal does not yet have any of the red tier counties, but much of the region has moved closer. LA County's adjusted case rate has fallen eight points this week to get down to 12. For red tier, it needs to drop five more. It is very noticeable, the drop. If you look at the rate, the rate uh, it, it has mentioned a new number of cases, new cases uh, over the last like, four weeks or so has been uh, very, very sharp. At USC Keck's briefing today, Dr. Edward Jones Lopez was asked about prospects for life returning to something approaching pre-COVID normal. Normality will come uh, slowly and and uh, surely over several months. I'm thinking that, you know, by the beginning of next um, uh, school year, let's say September of this year, we should be, if not back to normal, very close to feeling back to normal. That assumes continued increase in vaccination supply and the vaccinating, and more immediately, getting measures in place so more schools can reopen. I'm not gonna get into any details. So said Governor Newsom at a Sacramento bagel shop where he was joined by legislative leaders when he signed into law the Golden State Stimulus Bill to assist small business and provide $600 checks to low-income Californians. During Q&A, the governor repeatedly sidestepped questions about finishing up the bill to expedite reopening more elementary school classrooms. We look forward to uh, working together this week and see where we end up. And the governor also did promise that more details are coming on the plan starting Monday to set aside 10% of all the new COVID doses, specifically for educators and childcare, in order to expedite this getting more schools open. Monday is also when we move into the next COVID vaccination tier. Reporting live, Patrick Healy, NBC4 News. All right, Patrick, thank you for that. Now, we know the vaccine rollout can be a bit confusing and frustrating, so we've put together a fact page on what you need to know, including links as to where you can sign up for a vaccine. Head to NBCLA.com or our NBCLA app and search vaccines. Well, parents in the Chino Valley School District are pushing to get students back into the classroom. You can see the sign there, zoomed out. Parents and students rallied this morning outside the Chino Valley Unified School District. Right now, the district is still weighing plans to reopen pre-K through sixth grade. Many of these frustrated parents say their children are really struggling away from the classroom. It's more than just learning. It's, it's motivation, it's interaction, it's the incentive to feel like they're working towards something and they're not getting it online. The Chino Valley Unified School Board is holding a vote right now. We'll have that decision for you when it comes down. The education section of our website has everything you need to know about COVID-19 and how it's impacting your child's school district. Just visit NBCLA.com education. Now, as pandemic restrictions start to let up a bit, many people will soon be returning to indoor spaces. One epidemiologist says that COH2 monitors can also help people get back inside safely, more safely. In fact, health experts are now pushing for businesses to make the switch to those monitors. They claim the devices give businesses a better idea if they're providing a safer environment for workers and customers. They say it's early, it's nearly impossible to measure how much COVID is in the air, but those monitors can determine how much exhaled air is being shared in a space. It's a proxy measure for other people's air that they're breathing out that could potentially have 
aerosolized viral particles. Now, she says the goal is to hit 600 parts per million or lower on this device. Anything higher than that means there needs to be more ventilation than the space should be avoided altogether if you can't do that. Well, the FDA has issued a public warning about the potential for inaccurate readings from those pulse oximeter devices. At-home use of pulse oximeters, these are devices that estimate blood oxygen levels. Well, these devices and the use of them has risen during the COVID pandemic. This FDA alert says that multiple factors can affect the accuracy of the readings, though, including poor circulation, fingernail polish, even thin skin thickness and skin pigmentation. A low oxygen number below 90 or so is considered a cause for concern. Now with face masks being in such high demand the past year, you'd think American-made masks would be flying off the shelves, but some business owners who specialize in PPE say that's just not the case. Paul Hickey started up a country, uh, company at the beginning of the pandemic that makes N95 masks. He says he's been sending out bids to the federal government state governments and hospitals, but he's constantly losing to overseas manufacturers who simply make them cheaper. This is a serious product. This isn't like buying rubber bands from China and some of them break. This is a device that's intended to literally prevent you from getting a, a potentially deadly disease. His company, Pura Vita Medical, is not alone. The New York Times reports several small U.S. businesses we're having a pretty tough time selling it and maybe in danger of closing. All right, taking a live look outside from San Pedro right now. You see it's beautiful. The water is gorgeous out there today. So blue, so still. Meteorologist Melissa McGee joins us now with more on your first alert forecast. Melissa. Hi there, Colleen. And another warm, dry day across much of our region. Temperatures above average. As we look at these numbers, you can see 79 in West Covina. A lot of temperatures were in the upper 70s, lower 80s. Even we had the upper 70s across the Elo Basin. But now we're starting to deal with an onshore flow. So a lot of locations for LAX, Long Beach, even Santa Ana, a good 10 degrees cooler than they were earlier this morning. And we'll talk about the reason why with that. Satellite and radar showing you we've got high pressure and control for now. So clear skies across much of the state of California, just a few high thin cirrus clouds moving on through. What we will be tracking as we get into Wednesday, you can see we've got an area of low pressure, essentially an upper level low and some energy out across the Intermountain West. This will sag on off to the south and park itself out across Arizona and New Mexico. And as it does so, those winds are going to kick up on the backside. We were talking about this. So a high wind morning has been posted. It goes up at 9 p.m. Wednesday. So tomorrow night until 2 p.m. on Thursday for LA and Ventura counties right through San Bernardino, Riverside, and Orange County. You can even see uh, that wind warning extends as far south to areas in Malibu and Malibu Hills. So we're talking about winds sustained at 30 to 40 miles per hour rushing in out of the northeast, gusts up to 70 miles per hour in some isolated spots. Down trees and difficult travel will certainly be a concern. A lot of this will occur as we go throughout the overnight hours. So we'll fast forward into time. Futurecast wind gusts showing you as we get into Wednesday night. So this is not going to be a situation where you wake up tomorrow morning and the winds will be blustery. This will be late tomorrow night, really during the overnight hours. You can see in Santa Clarita, we've got a gust of 34 miles per hour, 
Same thing in Malibu, 23 miles per hour in San Bernardino. And then as we get through the overnight hours on Thursday, a lot of the strongest winds look to occur while you're sleeping. 38 miles per hour in Irvine, 43 in Santa Cruz. We've got a gust in Oxnard coming in at 37 miles per hour. Same thing at 6 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. So allow some extra time for that commute in the morning. Then those winds will subside as we get into Thursday afternoon. So the wind impacts. A strong to moderate Santa Ana wind event on the way as we get into Wednesday night into Thursday, watching out for downed trees and power lines as well. Cross winds with some of those high profile vehicles if you're doing any traveling along the canyons and passes, and for that matter, all the way down to the coast. This is a short duration event, meaning it really happens as we get into overnight Wednesday into Thursday afternoon when we're tracking those strongest winds. You can say the winds of change will be on the way because what will happen indirectly as that upper level low swings across our region. The jet stream is to our north, so we will be in store for a gradual cool down as this jet stream buckles and get that cooler air from the north sinking southward across portions of the desert southwest. And you can see that cool down happening with your LA Basin Inland Orange County forecast. So 72 degrees tomorrow. You can see it's going to be a little cooler, breezy as we get into Thursday and at 74 degrees. 76 degrees on Friday, then temperatures get closer to average as we get into Saturday and into Sunday. The first day of March, by the way, on Monday and at 68. To the coast, you can see the cooler days up ahead, and then we do have the winds that move in overnight Wednesday into Thursday. Valley communities, 74 degrees for your high temperature tomorrow. It's cooler for the Inland Empire, and at 76, then late Wednesday into Thursday, we're tracking those winds with a high wind warning issued for some locations. Cooler as we get into the weekend, and then more winds likely as we get into Sunday. Monday, we're dry for the first day of March. Opportunity for rain as we get into Tuesday. In fact, a more active pattern looks to set up as we get into the month of March. High desert and low desert communities, you can see we've got the breezes around as we get into late Wednesday into Thursday. Then temperatures do cool off as we get into the start of our weekend. That is your forecast. We'll send it back over your way. All right, Melissa, thank you. Well, he broke into her car, went through her things, but didn't take anything. Coming up, the strange note he left behind with a warning. Vanessa Bryant takes on rapper Meek Mill, the controversial lyrics she took issue with and how he's responding. Mill's controversial lyric involving her late husband, Kobe Bryant. After a leaked Mill song spurred backlash last week over a line about Kobe's death, Vanessa posted on Instagram, Dear Meek Mill, I find this line to be extremely insensitive and disrespectful, period. She went on to say, if you are a fan, fine. There's a better way to show your admiration for my husband. This lacks respect and tact. After posting a reply that included an expletive, Bill posted this saying he apologized to her in private. We're coming up, shocking new details about what went wrong in the days leading up to the Capitol riot. And with doses delayed, can you actually mix vaccines? We're looking at when it's okay and why it could be dangerous. And we are on top of the breaking news involving Tiger Woods. What we're learning about this violent crash and more from the first deputy on the scene. I'm going to take that one step further, Carolyn. We're not at the scene. We're actually in the scene right now. Uh, obviously, the sheriffs have, have finished their investigation here, which is allowing us access right now, right off Hawthorne Boulevard. Edwin and I are going to walk you through it, 
and we are not alone. There are a number of people here uh, who want to see exactly what happened, and they describe it to me. How are you, sir? They describe it to me as that the car, when it came through, bounced and bounced and bounced and kept rolling, and you see the damage here, and it's pretty extensive, the trees that it took out, and this is how many times it apparently looked as if, according to neighbors, that it rolled over. But don't, let, don't listen to me. Let's, let's talk to a resident here. This is Nick Schirmerhorn. Nick, nice to talk to you. Yeah. Okay. So what can you tell me about what you heard this morning and then what you saw immediately after? I was just driving on my way to Cedar sinai this morning, and I saw there was an accident uh, on this side of the street. Normally, it's a very dangerous stretch of road here. There's many accidents. But, of course, I didn't know it was Tiger Woods. So then I heard later on in the afternoon, Tiger Woods was the person in the vehicle. So obviously, you know, it's like you're very concerned for his And where we're standing right now, and Edwin, I'm going to let you go ahead of us here. And where we're standing right now, uh, Colleen and Carolyn, is where the vehicle was removed a short time ago. And Nick, did you watch the vehicle being taken out of here today? I, no, I did not. And you see where it was located, right sort of nestled there among those trees. It's a miracle we didn't die, really. You know, it's well, a miracle. And, and you've been talking to us, and everyone has been talking to us who we've been driving up in this beautiful area. This is like just sort of that oasis in Los Angeles here. Can't say enough about how beautiful this area is. That this is a very dangerous stretch of road. Because you can easily speed. Very much. In fact, there's a, uh, a runaway brake lane on the other side of the road filled with gravel. So if you lose your brakes, you can go into that emergency lane. So you, yeah. I don't know what happened with Tiger if he lost his brakes. Yeah, I mean, none of us do. We, the, 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 it's still under investigation. Yeah, yeah. But again, as Nick said, and as other neighbors said, and Evan, I'm going to just let you walk through, this uh, is, is an area that there have been many accidents in before. And this is the scene right now. The car has been removed. That this is where Tiger Woods rolled over in that courtesy vehicle early this morning and where tonight he remains hospitalized. I'm Robert Kavasek. Let's go back to you. All right, Robert, thank you for that I'm ground perspective of it all. And be sure to stay with NBC4 for continuing coverage of the crash and Tiger Woods' recovery. Download the NBCLA app for breaking news alerts sent right to your phone. Now, other news, former top law enforcement officials grilled today on their response to the deadly January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. It's a first in a series of Senate hearings aimed at uncovering what happened out there that day and fixing security to make sure it never happens again. NBC4's Conan Nolan live in our news operations center right now with more on what we're hearing came out of that hearing. Conan. Colleen, you're right. This is a first Senate hearing on Capitol Hill about what happened on Capitol Hill, January the 6th. And in a nutshell, it all came down to a failure to communicate. These criminals came prepared for war. Testifying publicly for the first time since last month's deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol. I witnessed insurgents beating police officers with fists, pipes, sticks, bats, metal barricades, and flagpoles. Former U.S. Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund, who resigned after the riot, blaming bad intelligence for how unprepared his department was for the level of violence that killed one officer. We properly planned for a mass demonstration with possible violence. 
what we got was a military-style coordinated assault on my officers and a violent takeover of the Capitol building. Former Chief Sun and the House and Senate Sergeants-at-Arms, who also resigned, all testified they did not see an FBI alert sent the day before the attack, warning that extremists were calling for war at the Capitol. Sun revealing today that his intelligence division reviewed the FBI bulletin but did not pass it up the chain of command. And so you hadn't seen it yourself? No, ma'am. It did not go any further than that. Once the violence began, D.C. Metropolitan Police responded, and the acting chief testified he was stunned by how long it took to mobilize the National Guard. Chief Sun was pleading uh, for the deployment of the National Guard, and in response to that, uh, there was not an immediate yes. Uh, the National Guard is responding. The sergeants at arms disputed the former chief's timeline for when he first requested troops, senators asking for phone records to clear it all up. This while still unsure as to why warnings and alerts were not just unheeded, but were never heard by those responsible for defending the seat of American government. Senator said that the U.S. Capitol Police, which has one job, and that is to protect the Capitol itself, should get more money and more training to make sure what happened on January 6th never happens again. I'm Coleman Nolan, NBC4 News. Conan, thank you for that. Next at 5, we're working to get some new details about the condition right now of Tiger Woods. We'll hear from the deputy who was first on scene to reach him, as well as more on Tiger's impact on the sports world and, of course, his charity work here in Southern California. New vaccine super sites open in the Inland Empire and Orange County. What you need to know if you're waiting for a first or a second dose. Also, look at this. Garbage along our freeways on and off ramps. After our story first aired last night, the I-Team got some answers as to how it got out of control and who's not taking out the trash. One hour. The world we live in. Southern California. And farther away. One hour. The stories we're all living through and the changes they bring. <coughs>